Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. Amen. Will you help me welcome the man that God has sent us today to present the word? Amen. Jack, you don't need this one, do you? I don't think so. As long as this one's on, I guess it's on. Good morning. Man, what a powerful spirit in here this morning. Spirit of the Lord. Amen? What? I hadn't heard that song before, that last one. Y'all, y'all got it, oh, I think, on Father's Day, and I was preaching over in Milton's that morning. Uh, I was, I've not heard it, and it, man, it matches up with my message this morning. Fantastic. I want to start this message out this morning by uh, kind of leveling the playing field. All right? Uh, I'm just like you. I go to work every day. I'm not the pastor of the church. I used to be. I'm not the youth pastor of the church. I used to be. For many, many years, I, I was on staff at churches. But now I'm just an ordinary guy. I just happen to hold credentials still. But God still uses me in different places. But I'm just like you. I go to work. I, I experience the things that you experience every day. Uh, except maybe I've... Some of mine days may be a little bit worse than yours, being as I, I rub elbows with some of the, some really different people. <laughs> I rub elbows with uh, anything from people that have driven without their license too many times, got in prison, uh, maybe a child molester, a rapist, a murderer, uh, all kinds, you name it. I, I'm elbow to elbow with them every day. So, I just want you to know that I live the same kind of life that you do. I'm out there in the trenches with you. And not that the pastor's not, because he's dealing with you every day. Amen, I'm not saying that any of you are any of that, but in your hearts, I don't know what you are. But God does. But so if this message seems difficult to you, it's been difficult for me. Because I live in this stuff too. God's... Uh, made me answer some questions the last couple of weeks as I've been trying to put this message together between 12 and 14 hour days and trying to study for this and going through uh, those days of not enough sleep and, and going on and working and coming home trying to sleep. But during the day, if I get a break, I, I'd sneak off to an office and take a break and get on the internet and type and send emails to myself and my notes that I could take short breaks there and do that. God makes a way where there seems to be no way. <laughs> Even in your preparing service. But listen, how many of you have, have very many adventures in your life? Mm-hmm. Throughout life, things just happen, don't they? <laughs> I know I've had plenty. I've plenty uh, in the hunting, I know Glenn and some of us all have hunted together. and uh, Hunting will get you in a terrible situation sometimes. I remember... One time we were uh, back when we were running dogs a lot around these neighborhoods back through here, and we were hunting over behind the uh, uh, Majette Tower area. I don't know if Sammy, if you were out there that day or not, but we were running dogs, and man, I seen some deer hit the road, and oh, I missed them. I was trying to catch the dogs. So it was a couple of does we were going to pull off of them, but I think it was Doe Day actually. I missed them, 
And I told them, one deer came out and went down this way, and there was two deer. So I boated it down to the next intersection. I slid into the next intersection on mud, and all I heard was, pow! And my front end of my truck went down. Got out. There was a bullet hole right in my tire. Yeah. Somebody thought they were shooting that next deer. He had a scope down the road. I'm not going to say any names because it may be somebody's family in here. They're not here today. They don't attend church here, but they're kin to some folks in here. He was propped up ready for that next deer to hit the road, and boy, my front tire, I guess, looked just like a deer. He took my tire out. So I guess he had to help me change my tire. What an adventure. Life brings adventures. I know uh, about, that's been, man, how old Shelby now? 26? 25? So about 25 years ago, a tree stand. I w- it was just a, a day of terrible storms that come through. And I don't know, some of y'all, I know a lot of y'all know Ricky Foster, guys that lived uh, around here. Tricky, they call Tricky Ricky. We all hunted together. Me and Ricky were on a, uh, on a still hunting lease back here. And we were hunting together. And he had been in a tree stand one day and he fell asleep like Ricky does. Sitting in the tree stand, he got all warm up there and he said he fell asleep and he woke up just in time to see one of the biggest ten points standing in his food plot. And he said, I went to grab my gun and he just walked away. So, on January, I think it was January the 2nd, 1st or 2nd, he had just gotten moved into or bought a new house. We went by to see his house and, and I told him, I said, buddy, I'm going I'm to do you a favor. I'm going to go out there and sit in your tree stand. And I'm going to kill that big buck for you. Man, please do. I, I, I can't seem to stay awake in there, so you kill him. So I went to a street stand. We had just had a lot of storms come through that the day before. And then the next, that afternoon, I'm, I'm going, man. I'm went. I got, I climbed up his tree stand, about 18 and a half foot tall. Sat there for two hours. It got dark. I said, well, he didn't come out on me today. So I started climbing down. My foot went on the second rung of that tree stand. And I started started to feel it started moving. I said, oh, Lord. And it started moving. I tried to lean the other way. I tried to lean the other way. And I had a rifle on this arm and, and my other stuff. I threw that other stuff on the ground, my backpack stuff. And that more I leaned, the more it went. Here I go, 18 and a half foot down. The, tra- the whole ladder comes off the tree. And I heard crack stuff breaking when I go down. When I hit the ground, I heard something pop and crack. I, I figured it was the trees, you know. But when I got went to go it up, I said, oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. My right leg was hurting really bad. I said, man, that, that was bad. But I, I could bend it a little bit. I must be all right. I got up. I started walking. I had to use my rifle for a crutch all the way to the truck. By the time I got to the truck, my knee was swollen out to my pants, the size of my pants leg. So I drove and stopped by Craig's house when they lived up here on Star Avenue. I said, you reckon it's burrow? And he said, I don't know. It's probably a pretty good chance. And uh, we went to the house and I told, called Christy on the way. I said, we might be going to the hospital when we get home. She, and at that time, I'd been having some issues with my chest and stuff being tight and all because uh, I was in the ministry and working and stuff. And I think uh, that'll give you a heart attack. Yeah. So uh, we was, I was dealing with that kind of stress. Um, ministry and working is tough. But Long story short, the next morning I got a surgery on that leg. It was broken. 
So anyway, that, that's another story. And it, that's adventures in our life. And I was fishing with this one guy on the river one day and he had taken our boat. He would taken his boat and I was fishing with him. We fished a little while. It seemed like we were taking on water going down the river. His, he might pastor this church. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. We were going down the river and then we were taking on water. Oh no, we, I said, what, don't you have a build trunk? He said, yeah, it's in that thing right there. It's not hooked up. It's in that it's in that dry well right there. What's it gonna do? It's in the dry well. So we we we're booking it down the river. I'm having to lay on the front of the boat because I'm pretty fat. So get offset that weight, and he's having to try to lean forward and run the boat so we can get all the weight to the front. Because I'm telling you, we're almost to go under. <laughs> he's it was just it was almost to go. We finally seen a sandbar. We can just get to that sandbar. We can just get there. And he was calling his father-in-law on the phone, trying to get him on the phone. No signal. No signal. The only signal we had was God. Man, we, got, we finally, finally got to that sandbar just in time. Or we almost put that boat underwater. Man, life has some adventures, doesn't it? Can you tell a few? Yeah. I could go on. But... I got a book that one of my friends wrote in my hand. So you don't have too dry preaching. Which I take a medicine, it really dries my mouth. Out. Any of you old people know what I'm talking about? I'm old too, that's why I can say that. It gives you cotton mouth. But my friend Scott Kelly wrote this book. It says, I ain't even lying. The lost art of Southern storytelling. On page 69, I'm not going to read it to you because it's too long. It's about 10 pages long. It begins a story of uh, Scott visiting his, one of his uncle's house. And then he goes, one of his coon dogs gets out of the pen or something and he starts running the coon and he can't find his dog. He can't even hear him. He gets way off and, and, uh, and I'm, Apparently, I'm in this story, I'm over at somebody's house and I hear his dog and I call him on the radio. So we, back then, we actually used CB radios, not cell phones. And those high-tech radios. You might could get through somebody, you might not. But we, I was able to hear him. He could hear me. I said, hey, your dog's over here. And he says, and in this book, he says, and I can always depend on Terry Seagrass. He's always up for an adventure. So, not now. I'm getting too old. That's why I'm not a youth pastor anymore. We used to have a bus around here. What'd you call it, Cody? Where's Cody? No, you had called the bus something else. Big Bertha. We went on a trip one time and it took us, what, four hours to get to Tallahassee, other side of Tallahassee, spend another few hours getting it fixed. So a trip that should have took us just a few hours took us all day, all evening. So we, but we made it. And these kids started saying, adventure time, every time we get on that bus. But like, yeah. So life is full of adventures. But in this book, believe it or not, we found, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I'm going to tell you the gist of it. His coon dog had a rival with this old white coon that never could tree and never could catch. I mean, Scott hunted that coon for years until this day. And he finally bait him. We found a, a hidden cave over there close to the Patronus property where they now pump water where you Folks drink Econfina water from out of them bottles. But up underneath one of those trees, we found a hidden cave 
And in that cave, he found all kinds of money. Scott went in there. He, we, he found coins that he brought out with him. He shared with me. And through it all, his dog and the coon went, got siphoned down through a, another tunnel of water and back up out over right next to the Patronus, where the Patronus fence is right now on the Patronus side. And we couldn't find them. I went back and got the tr tracking collars and the machine and tracked them down and was standing right there. They should be right here. And then they, we heard some kind of whimper and sound or something. They looked over and there was a baby puppy, a little bitty puppy and a little bitty white coon in the edge of the water. We found the fountain of youth. Read it for yourself. Name of the books, I ain't even lying. And I ain't even lying. But I didn't write it. So, anyway... But listen, those things happen to us in life and they have no eternal value. None. The things that would happen to us in life like that have no eternal value whatsoever. But the things we do in life have everything to do with our eternal value. Everything. One day something happened. I was working when I worked for the funeral home way back. I had stopped to pay for. I don't know why this story sticks out in my mind so much. I would like to find that guy today. But I stopped at a flower shop to pay for some flowers that I had bought for my wife and sent them to her work. I don't know what the occasion was. Maybe just because I loved her. She never gets flowers anymore. <laughs> she don't like flowers. She doesn't. Look! She said, it used to tell me it's a waste of money. She makes enough money now. I guess I can spend some of her money and send some flowers. I guess I just got told. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Wow. Now, if you saw that look, I'm in trouble, y'all. Wow. But I do clean the house. She said she'd rather me clean the house than give her flowers. So that's what I do. But that day I'd stopped by and I was coming out of the flower shop. And this guy, he wasn't terribly dressed. He was, but he wasn't well dressed. And he stopped me and asked me if I had any money to give him to uh, go get something to eat. And if anybody knows me, knows me very well, I just don't give money out. I just don't give people money. Because I don't know what they're going to do with it. Are they going to go buy them a pack of cigarettes? Are they going to go buy them a bottle of booze? Whatever they can. You know what I'm saying? I said, what? I said, no, sir. But I do have a van right here. I, I let him get in the van with me. I said, I'll take you to get something to eat. And that's what I did. I took him down on Harrison Avenue. And I took him down there and grabbed him something to eat. But on the way, we got a conversation. And I got to talking to this guy about his life and, and where he was at. Come to find out, he had a great business where he lived before, and he had somehow fallen on hard times. He lost his family. He lost his, his business. And he, he had nothing. He had fell down to nothing. But that day, I believe it was a God-ordained meeting. I was able to stop and pray with that guy, get him something to eat, and make sure his heart was right with God. There's been other times, and I'm sure there's, I've run into people, and I've prayed with them, especially in the funeral home business. I was, I was able to really connect with people. Really able to connect with people and help them in a time that they couldn't help themselves. And 
But for the last, going on seven, eight years, I've been away from that and, and away from church work and, and, and being in the prison. I don't have a prison ministry. I hadn't had for the last several years. It's, that's a rough job. I'm a mean man, they all think. Or have thought. I've had to be. You have to be a disciplinarian. But that day and that place, it made a difference in somebody's life. I wish I could find that man today and see where he's at. Because he sticks out in my mind and in my heart. I will never know until the day we step through the doors of heaven what happened from him that day. But I want to know. I want to know what that deed happened. Remember that word deed because we're going there in a little bit. Alright? If you have your Bibles, I don't have... I would. Because of the hours work, they asked me if I wanted some slides. I didn't have it ready. So, Psalms 39, if you want to go there. 16 and 17. Psalms 39, 16 and 17. People are actually turning in their Bibles, so I'm going to give them a second if that's all right. Are y'all in a hurry? I got 30 minutes. Y'all might even get out on time. I say on time. On time is at 12.30 because Pastor Tony keeps us here that long. One thirty-nine. I'm sorry. Psalms 139. I'm sorry about that. It's 139. I don't know what version you have, but most of what I've studied through is, uh, and a lot of times I'll stick it in my notes, is the American Standard Version. Sometimes I use NIV, but I still hear pages turning, so I don't want to leave anybody behind. 16 and 17. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. God is, has written your story. Do you realize that? What that says? You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life is recorded in your book. There's a book about you. David said it in that psalm. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it translates to us. If it was for David, it's for me. God wrote a book about David. He's writing one about me. Wow. What's your book say? Are you living what God wrote? That, I want you to keep that thought in mind this morning as we go forward. What's written in your book already? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. But what's going to be written in your book when it's finalized? That's the question. Will it be what God had planned for you? Or will it be what you decided you wanted it to be? Hmm. I like the story that Scott wrote about me and him. I didn't live it out, but it's pretty cool. I would have liked to because we'd have went back in that cave and got a lot more of that money before we left. You see, you have a choice in the matter of how your book's going to be written. Because God gave us free will. He's a sovereign God. He may have written out the days of your life. He planned to plan for you. 
And He has it laid out how He would love to see your life go. He would love to see you going through and doing the things that He has planned for you. You can either live a Spirit-filled life, a Spirit-led life, or a me-led life. Hmm. See, God's been telling me this stuff too. I'm not telling you something that He hadn't already beat me up with. And I'm to hope this doesn't beat you up. I hope it encourages you at the end to let God continue to write your book. I want to take a peek at Paul's life, Apostle Paul, for just a moment and see the things that he had going on. We first, uh, Pastor dropped off at Stephen last week, the stoning of Stephen. And we see that uh, Saul was standing at the standing to the side watching Stephen get stoned. Remember? That's where he had mentioned that in his sermon last week. And, bef- and that was before he went on to, to be changed and, and tr- transformed by God. He was blinded by a light eventually and changed. But between that time and the time that God knocked him on his feet, off his feet, he was persecuting Christians. He, he was doing all that. Do you think God wrote that in his, his life to do that? Do you think he wanted Saul to persecute the Christians? I don't believe so. I think he, what he wanted to do is when Jesus was preaching in, in the temple and Saul heard it, he probably would rather Saul, he wrote down, Saul, I would want you to hear Jesus, my son, you talk and, and minister and hear my voice and turn from your wicked ways. Saul was probably pulled at the heartstrings. Like every other body that ever gets in the presence of God, their heart is pulled. I guarantee you, at some point in time, if he heard Jesus, his heart was pulled. But he chose to go his own way. He continued. He continued until God knocked him down. And then his life was changed. Then after that point, Paul was involved in a shipwreck. Remember? Shipwreck. They went to the island. It was around the fire. What happened to him? A viper bit him. He, he shook him off and threw it in the fire. Everybody said, well, oh, that dude's dead. Paul's going to die. That was a poisonous snake. We were talking about the black mamba. I bet you it was a black mamba. Most poisonous snake in the world. I, I want to believe that. It was black mamba. Pastor Tony and I was talking about that this morning. He was watching a video of a, a lion or something got bit by a black mamba and the, the way it killed him so quick, he got disoriented and started flopping around or whatever and laid down and died in, in minutes. And they expected Paul to die. But he lived. What an adventure! Paul had an adventurous life. Paul was a... Don't you want to live a life like Paul? Anybody? Do you? He was only arrested three times. <laughs> he was only, and, and then he was, he was arrested three times, kept in custody, I believe, between five and a five and a half years of his life. Listen, I'm in custody every day behind that fence. I don't want to have to put on a blue uniform. I don't want Paul's life. I want to stay on my side. I'll, I'll keep the gray uniform. Do you think the, that's all that Paul's life consisted of of what we see in the Bible? Can't be. God had so much more. Paul even says it. We don't see the bad side of Paul. 
In 1 Timothy, Paul refers to himself as what? The chief of sinners. How many of you feel like you're the chief of sinners sometimes? I can't raise my hand high enough. And I'm up here preaching to you. Sometimes I feel worthless in the eyes of God. Because I make mistakes. I live in that world you live in. Isn't it hard sometimes? It's just hard. People make you mad, don't they? Mm. I got a scar on my tongue. That, no, that was actually from falling as a little kid in the park at Separate Hills and bit, biting my tongue when I fell off the swing. But I feel like I bite it all the time. The same one just stays fresh. Because I have to bite my tongue so much. Because people are so aggravating. Especially since I've started working in the prison. When I was in the, the funeral home business, it was so hard, easy. Because I had dealt with people, you know, and they were so humble. They were lovable. But man, the people you have to deal with in real life, I say that's, that's real life, but the people in day-to-day -day life in a regular job uh, uh, outside of uh, that make you angry. Ooh, it's hard not to bite your tongue, isn't it? How many of you got that problem? Oh, well, you bunch of liars. <laughs> Lord, forgive them. Because they know what they do. Because they know what they just did. See, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the pastor of this church. I don't care what title you carry. How big of a ministry you have. What, if, how flawless you think you are. You will stumble. You will make mistakes. Somewhere along the way, God's written something in your book and you will take the wrong road. God will give you an opportunity to get right back on it, but you'll take and you'll make the wrong move. God's written that book. He has written it. He set out our days. He has a plan for you and I. He has His plan. Look, this is what I don't want in my life. This is what I don't want. Oh man, what I just do? I don't want my life's book to read boring. I like those adventures we had on, uh, during all those uh, youth events. I wish I could call a few back where I went off of a swing at Vortex Springs and messed up this knee because this one's replaced. I messed this one up jumping off of a swing and mm, hyperextending it back. That hurt. I wish I could call that one back. I wish I could call a lot of things back that I did on some of those things in life. But there's more things that I wish I could call back spiritually than those things. I don't want my life to read like this. Old Terry was a good guy. He even asked Jesus into his life and made it to heaven. While he was on earth, this is what he did. He got every, up every day of the week and went to work. He smiled at folks. And he greeted them with, hey, have a nice day. Or God bless you with a big old smile. And on Saturdays, he'd spend time with his family. Or he might take time for himself and go hunting or fishing. And on Sundays, when he was younger, he would help do things around the church that he attended. Like maybe he'd teach a Sunday school class occasionally. And maybe if they were shorthanded in children's church or something, he would go help them or the youth department. He'd give them a helping hand. You know, just, what had, just what needed to be done. Sometimes he'd even 
stop and give up one of his days and help cook for an event at a church or run a booth at the fall festival. And you know what? He even served a couple of terms at, as a deacon on, at the church. But as he got older, he got up on Sundays and if the weather was right and he hadn't played too hard on Saturday or his kids or grandkids didn't have a sporting event, he would go to church if the weather was right. And he would sing, he would worship, he would praise the Lord. He'd even, he'd even amen the preacher once in a while. If he agreed with what the preacher said. He was faithful in his tithes. He would even give a little extra sometimes if he thought the calls were good enough. Man, that's not how I want my life to read. That's an easy way to make it to heaven right there. Doing just enough. I think that was just enough. Just enough. I just wonder what my my reward was going to look like. You know, your reward is going to be tried by fire. All your works are going to be tried by fire. And that stuff that's not worth much is going to be burned up and blown away. What's it going to look like up against the 24 elders laying their crowns before the throne? What's it going to look like upside the widow with two mites that gave everything? Hmm. That's not what I want my book to look like, y'all. Mm-mm. I want it to look more like what God wants to pin out for me. Which is more like, I know the first thing He wanted me to do when I was young. He said, I want you to pick up your cross and I want you to follow me. In other words, I want you to get a hold of salvation. Really get a hold of it. And get Jesus in your heart. Not just have religion. Not a religious thing. I want you to have a spiritual a spiritual uh, relationship with me. I don't want you just to have a go to church, come home, go to church, come home, and, and, and just scratch that religious itch every week and, and, and everything's good. And then after that, I want you to not just pick up your cross and follow me. I want you to be filled with the power of my Holy Spirit. Wow! Pastor's been on it for months now. The power of the Holy Spirit. I ain't getting no amens. I know what you feel like. The gifts, the power of the Holy Spirit, it'll fill you up. But there's more than just the power of the Holy Spirit. It comes with other things. There's more. There's more than just speaking in tongues. There's more than the doodads. Look, in Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. If you want to look it up, you can. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. I'm going to read it real quick. There's different, starting verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Listen to me. The same Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. If you've got the Holy Spirit in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you know what you got? A real good chance of getting some gifts. A real good chance of getting some gifts. There are different kinds of service. Oh, Lord, service means I've got to do something. Oh, no. But the same Lord. There are different kinds of, here it goes again, working. 
But in all of them, and every one, it is the same God at work. Now, verse 7, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's a good thing to have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's a good thing to accept the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. Understand, it's a good thing. He wants you to have the good things in your life as a Christian. Because those things, and when you get the good things, those good things are going to create other good things. Watch, I'm going somewhere. I'm getting off that beating you up a little bit. We're supposed to get some good stuff. I wasn't trying to beat you up. It beat me up for a week and a half. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. Listen, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit before you can get any gifts. I'm telling you, you can't think you're going to come up here and operate in the gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit without being filled with His, His Holy Spirit with power. You can't have a powerless life and work with the gifts of the Spirit. It's impossible. I didn't say you had to speak in tongues, but you better be full of the power of the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you, the manifestation of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. I don't speak in tongues a lot, but I speak in tongues enough. When I don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit does. To one there's given the Spirit, the message of wisdom, to other knowledge, the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. How many of you have faith? How many of you is filled with the Holy Spirit? You, have, you ought to have a whole lot of it, faith. To another, miraculous powers. That's the one I want us to see. Miraculous powers. I want to see all of these, actually. Another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. I've got that one. I know some of y'all don't like me right now. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. Well, verse 11. All these are the works of one and the same Spirit. They are for you. If you get empowered with the Holy Spirit, they are for you. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Not everybody may not have every one of these working in life, but you ought to have one. At least. At least one. At least. Because if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you should want to do some more than just speak in tongues. You should want something more of your life than just speaking in tongues. You should want to get out there and do something great for God to make a difference in your world. And something else He gives. Once you've got the Holy Spirit and He gives you some gifts, guess what it produces? It produces fruit. Galatians 5, 22-23. This is what He gives. This is what's produced. Once you get gifts, if you got the Holy Spirit in fullness, if you really operate in it, and if you allow Him to start uh, giving you gifts and you pick them up and you use them, how many of you, I know some of you guys, just like me, you love to picking up your guns and using them. They got power, don't they? Knock a deer down. You just, fishing poles don't have as much power, but you put them in the water, a lot of times you're going to catch something. 
with the bait. And I don't know, y'all go down south. I, Joey told me he could put a hook out there without a bait and catch a fish. Put a hook in the water. But if you sit on the bank and look at the water, nothing's going to happen. You sit in a tree stand without a gun, you can take a picture. Because you know you're going to have your phone. But Galatians 5, 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Here's why I know if you've got, you're full of the Holy Spirit or not. When somebody rubs you wrong, do you have this? Do you have the fruit of the Spirit is love? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Wow. Listen. If you operate in the Spirit and you have given your heart to Jesus Christ, and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, which He gives you a measure of the Holy Spirit. You're, you've given, been given a measure of the Holy Spirit at salvation. Enough that you should love people. I do believe. And if you love people, you should have a little joy too. Like Jesus is taking your life over, that should automatically give you some joy instead of a bunch of prune-faced people in church. I'm not saying y'all. I'm just saying people I've preached to before. Saul was knocked down by the Lord on the road to Damascus. He could have took a different way out. Jesus told him where to go. He said, Paul, you're, you're persecuting me. you got to stop. You know, Paul, Saul had a choice. Saul had a choice. He could have got up and said, he's blinded me, I'm going to kill more. I'm on, I, I, I don't like what you've done in my life, God. This is not fair. I, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to kill double as many people as I did before. He could have got bitter. He could have got angry. But he didn't. He went on and listened to God. He went on. And, and think about Ananias. The guy that he told to go find. And then God talked to Ananias. Y'all can look this up in, in chapter 9 of Acts if you want to. I'm not going to read it. In chapter 9 of Acts, it tells us this whole story. Ananias, God said, I want you to go to a man named Saul. Ananias says, you're crazy, God. You know that's the guy that's killing people, right? For proclaiming your name. You want me to go to him and, and profess that I'm coming from you? You got it wrong. I'm really, that's, I believe that's how, that's how I'd have talked to God. So, you crazy? He's killing folks. You think about that for a minute. I don't believe for a minute he was sitting there praying and God spoke to him and said, Oh, yes, God, I know Saul. Yeah, he kills folks. and I'll be glad to go put my life on the line right there. 
I, I want to lay my head down there and let him chop it off as I say, you ought to get saved. No, I'd have been arguing with God the whole way. God, if you better you better come through this time. Because I, I prayed before, I prayed before, and I didn't see the answer that I thought I was going to get. And if I get there and you don't answer the way I, you're supposed to, I'm, 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 I ain't going to be, I'm going to just come to heaven with you. I ain't want to go on this bus, God, but I'm going. But thank God He did. He listened. How many times has God spoken to your life to take a road and you said, uh-uh, not me, God. I've been there. I've done that. You know what? That's a rough, rocky road. I don't want my life to be a boring life for God. And it has been on occasions in my life. Matter of fact, the last five or six years has been pretty boring. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Especially, not this last year has gotten better, but the five, five or so years, I've had a real boring time in my spiritual walk. But I'll, I'm going to tell you, I, I want to show you what I would rather my life read like instead of the one I read to you already. I want it to read like this. Terry was born into a godly home. He was raised to follow me. Matter of fact, I called him to preach at the age of 12 years old out in the middle of a, a field under a tent where, his, where I had birthed uh, into his father's heart a church plant. I called him out there in the middle of that cow pasture. And I called him to tell people about me. I even gave him the opportunity to receive the gifts I had for him. And he did it. He picked them up and he put them to good use. That's what I want my book to say. And then I want him to say, I want it to read on like this. He spoke with power and authority. I think, I hope I'm doing that this morning. Without fear of anything. Because he has received the gift of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way I can talk to you the way I'm talking to you this morning. Because it's out of love. Because God will spank those that He loves. You love your children? Yeah. Well, I'll spank mine. I, right now, I'd like to spank them both. For a lot of stuff. And my Holy Spirit has given Him the power to witness. The boldness to pray for the crippled the blind to, eyes to open, even the dead, dead to live again. I've prayed for those things. I've seen some of those things happen. I've not seen the dead to rise again because when, you know, as in the funeral home business, that would hurt business. <laughs> now I can pray that, honestly. So. <laughs> but sometimes... We pray, we pray in the authority of the Holy Spirit, but God has a different plans than what you're praying. So I always want to pray God's will, but I really believe God's will is to heal. I believe God's will is to heal Sherry of that disease. I believe God's will is to, to come into your life and minister to you in whatever situation you've got. Sammy, I believe he's, He wants to heal your Parkinson's disease. I believe He wants to heal everybody in here of whatever situations in your life. But do you believe it? Do you have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life strong enough to believe it? Have you been 
picked up the measure of faith that you want? Have you been, He's given it. Have you picked it up? The gift of faith. Sometimes God's got a greater plan. I want the, the bottom side of my story to read like this. The older he got, the stronger he became in his spiritual walk. Listen up, older people. The older he got, he kept putting me first. He stopped. He never stopped. He never stopped serving. He never stopped giving. He never stopped living. Listen. People that are older, coming to the age of retirement or have retired, don't stop living. And I'm not talking about your everyday life. Don't stop living your spiritual life. Just because you've retired doesn't mean you don't have a mission field. You still have a mission field. This church has a mission field. You should be a part of it. You should be a part of this. Bring in people. You still know people. This can be your mission field. This church, it, there's still people to meet. They still doing outreach at the school. Who better than grandma and grandpa looking people to minister to little kids? I was at a birthday party yesterday. A little girl I hadn't seen since she was in a, in a uh, basket. Or a little uh, car seat. A little tiny. That, what's, uh, Emily, uh, what's her name? Emery. Well, Emery, she's her, her mama used to live with us as a teenager. He was over 80 years old when he picked up the sword and slayed giants to take the promised land. I'm going to get off the old people a minute. Young people, you look at David. He was 16 or younger when he was in the fields tending his flocks. When he was called and anointed to be king. He was young. Before that, he, he actually was killing lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. And then he killed a giant for the cause of the king. The king. 
You're never too young and you're never too old. This is the guy I want to be the rest of my life. That I walk in the Holy Spirit. I've turned a big corner in my life last year. I no longer step back from confrontations about my walk with the Lord. At work, I have them a lot. I work in a very dark place and, and, and other, other religions stand out. They, they proclaim their religion, uh, especially the inmates that are big and there's a lot of uh, Muslim in there. And, and I'm telling you, I, f- I face them head on. I don't care. I told one this last week, your God's dead, mine's alive. Your God said, mine's alive. And that was one that I did. And I, my voice has started raining too that my voice keeps telling each and every, even my coworkers, that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father. You're not going to heaven without Jesus in your heart. So that's all you got to tell people. And they can either respond or they can throw it away. But if you'll tell it to them in love, but look, that there is a God. And He sent His Son, Jesus. And without Him, you have no hope. I had a confrontation with a gang member this week, and he was quite disrespectful. If you know me at all, I don't sit well. Disrespect. Mm, especially for somebody like that. I was standing there doing my job, and he come up to and wanted to speak directly to another officer and referred to me as uh you were sitting there, you didn't he wanted this guy to do something for him and it wasn't something we were going to do in the first place but he wanted to his way or no you know they get very demanding you know by in prison they think you're there to make their life the best but he looked at this officer and said uh did you do that? I asked you to do. And he looked at me and says, I've been a little busy. He said, No, you've been over here talking to Billy Bob Thornton over here about coon hunting and dog and fishing and stuff. I said, Yo, man, turn around. You're going to be disrespectful because he had it done it in a really negative manner. I put him in handcuffs and I put him over in a corner like a kindergartner. I do that a lot. I swear I, I discipline. If they want to act like a child, I treat them like a child. Instead of spraying them with mace and all that, I just have my way. And then I can let them so, stay there a little while. And I, I did the wrong thing that day. I, I'm going to just be honest with you. I did the wrong thing. Because after I let him stew over there in that corner, Brother Joey will know what I said in his ear. I'm not telling you exactly what I said in his ear. But I went over there and I whispered in his ear. I said, I'm going to take these handcuffs off of you. And you're going to go over there and get in a chair and you're going to get a haircut. And if you don't, this is going to happen. I'm putting you back in handcuffs and we're going to take a trip down the road. And I went to tell him what was going to happen to him on the way. And it wasn't very nice what I was going to make sure happened. And I turned him loose. I let him go get a haircut. I'm sitting back over there at my little desk area. And I'm working overtime by this time. I've been to work about 10 or 12 hours. And the Lord said, what kind of deed was that? Wow! What kind of testimony was that? I said, not a good one. So, I had to gather my little things up. Go over there, we were getting a haircut, and there was three barbers around him. 
I said, young man, I need to tell you something. I said, what I told you in the corner over there, probably not inappropriate. I shouldn't have told you that because that's not the man I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to present Jesus Christ in your life. I'm supposed to tell you about His love. I'm supposed to try to give you an opportunity to know Him. And these other guys that are standing there, I said, these guys know me. They know I've turned the corner around here. I used to be that guy that would do exactly what I told you a few years, a couple years ago. I would take care of business when business needed to be taken care of. And I apologized to him and I spoke to him about the Lord. Wow. You talking about hard? That's hard. The Lord spanked me a little bit. He chastens those He loves. He chastens us. Wow. You know how I did that? By this verse right here. John thirty uh, 3 and 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. I'm coming to the close. I don't know where Christy went. She's in the back a bit. But if He doesn't increase... If he doesn't increase your spirit, if he doesn't increase in your spirit, your spirit will wither on the vine and die. Yeah, yeah. just tell her if she's available. I want y'all to come back and get that last song ready. Don't let the words of your book read like this. Only if she would have taken the empowerment through the Holy Spirit. Only if. Don't let it have a bunch of buts in there. You know, I offered this. I offered this road for him to walk. And I even offered the Holy Spirit to God. But he didn't pick up the Holy Spirit. But he didn't take the fullness of the Spirit. He didn't. didn't but they didn't grab hold of the gifts of the Spirit. Why is he writing your story? Why is he having to change it? God's got to have a, it's got to be on a whiteboard, Pastor Tony, because he's got to erase so much. He's having to erase a lot because we're not living the one he set out for us a lot of times. I wish I could say I took every step that he wanted me to take in my life in the past. I do wish that. The next scripture is why he's writing our book. One reason why he has written it. And that's in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. This is going to hit home. And this is why this scripture is exactly why I wish I had done everything his way my whole life. This scripture is the reason I wish he would, I would have listened to every nudging of the Holy Spirit in my life. For we must. The second Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive compensation for his deeds done through the body in accordance with what he has done, whether good or bad. You're going to give account for every deed. Every deed. 
my version reads a little bit different than that. This one, mine's probably one of the closest to the original writings is why I use it. You're going to receive compensation for your deeds, whether good or bad. That's the judgment seat of Christ, y'all. That's not the great white throne judgment. That's the judgment seat of Christ where the saints stand before Him. We're going to give an account. Matter of fact, over in Matthew 12, 36, it says that men will give an account for every idle word. Wow. That's tough. I know I've said some stupid things in my life. Hmm. What is a deed? A deed is an action. This is, I looked this up. An action that is performed intentionally or consciously to do a good or bad deed. Have you consciously picked up? Consciously, intentionally. See, your spiritual life should be intentional. You can intentionally say, You can intentionally do this every Sunday. When there's a call, pastor says, if you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you don't have it, and you want to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and you really want it, you can intentionally sit still, or you can intentionally stand up. And you can walk up here and say, God, I want to intentionally receive the power that you have promised. Wow. And then you have to intentionally receive it. And you can intentionally not use it or you can intentionally be continually refilled. Hmm. That's a pretty hard message, I know. But it's the truth, y'all. Without the power of the Holy Spirit in filling you, your deeds are going to be useless. They're not going to be very good. They're not going to be very strong. Without the leading of the Holy Spirit, your words are going to be kind of rough. They're going to be useless. They're not going to be filled with joy or love. They're not going to be the way they should be. Remember this. I must decrease so that He can increase. I must receive every gift He has for me if I want to operate in the gifts that He has promised me. I have to be filled with His Spirit. Thank you for joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.